programmed to destroy us She's gotta be strong to fight them So she's taking lots of vitamins Hello there! You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for Titanfall! <laughs> My name is Tom Chick. And my game of the week, this week, on the release of Titanfall, my game of the week is not Heavy Gear 2. Wow, this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Blacklight Retribution. Ah, and this is Rob Harvey. I also post on the forums as, yeah, bitch, mix, oh! And my game of the week is not Titanfall. What? What kind of... Uh, anyway. Did the universe just fold on itself? I, uh, kind of jackass. Uh, anyway, I'm not... Uh, PS4 owners, I swear to God. Uh, I'm Jason, and uh, my game of the week is uh, not... Uh, I don't know, Heavy Gear, since Tom picked two. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Rob, your, uh, your intro reminded me that uh, Need for Speed is out this week, the movie. You, you oh. said because it sounded a bit like uh, Jesse, like that sounded like the Jesse Pinkman review of Titanfall. <laughs> it could have been, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of reviews of Titanfall, holy cats, Nick, you gave a perfect score to Titanfall. You're how much did EA pay you? You <laughs> hate Sony. You're, you're. We need objective reviews. Um, <laughs> You are, you just, you love Microsoft, uh, what else, whatever, uh, pl- uh learn to play, or, pl- you know. uh, five out of five means the game is perfect. Right. Um, How could you do this? Yeah. L2P noob. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what else is the, when you love a game? Oh, uh, but this site only gave Bioshock Infinite two out of, three out of five, and this is five out of five, so this is a better game than Bioshock Infinite, so you suck. <laughs> all right nick so what's going on that you really really all the five out of five means according to my reading of the quarter to three review metrics is that you loved titanfall what's going on nick diamond that you loved titanfall uh so titanfall blew me away in in just about every way that it could huh? i really went into it thinking um just from my limited exposure at PAX and then, you know, the marketing that's been out there for a little while, um, I, I really thought I was going to go into Titanfall with a, uh, you know, kind of an attitude of, well, I, I expect, you know, obviously they've spent a lot of money, so it's going to be very slick. It'll be well-produced. It'll be competent. But it's just going to be Call of Duty with robots. Right. Um, could not have been more wrong. And by the way, I just, before you go on, I want to say, that was kind of the impression I got from, uh, I think I remember seeing the E3 video where they show some of it, and it's super fast and furious, and you think, okay, it's Call of Duty, but then, oh, there's a giant robot, but still, it's just Call of Duty. Like, I, there was a lot of hype around it that was kind of mystifying to me, because all I could see was, yeah, this is the next game from the Call of Duty dudes, and by the way, robots. Um, right, right. And, and not only that, I, I, I think they sort of did a disservice, because... You know, a lot of the early marketing was really centered around the, you know, the idea that it was Respawn. Right. And, you know, look at all the awesome Call of Duty experience they're bringing to this, which I have to tell you, when you play the game, 
you can definitely see those roots. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can see it when you're <laughs> when you're running around with a gun as a pilot, and if you stay on the ground, please don't ever do that. But if you stay on the ground <laughs> and run around just using the rifle and you know using the little perks, I mean abilities, um, and just acting like you're in Call of Duty, it will feel just like Call of Duty. You'll get murdered a lot though. Yeah, you will die <laughs> all the time. Um, but I-, I think they've done a lot with this multiplayer game to turn it into something, you know, really uh, better than the standard. And, and you say it will feel like Call of Duty, and I, and I agree, but I-, I agree in that you can see its roots there. But in so many ways, it goes beyond call of duty what uh has been done with call of duty in the last two three iterations um so while i do see the roots and i do agree that it can feel like it it also just goes so far beyond what call of duty has been doing and in ways by the way it's less than what call of duty has been doing and we'll talk about that later um but it's more like i I like the way you put it when you say you can see the roots there because it's not again it's not just call of duty with robots and even when you're on foot and you talked about this in the review nick even when you're just playing on foot where for all intents and purposes hey this is call of duty it feels qualitatively different and it does for me things that a lot of other multiplayer shooters don't do even when i'm just on foot even before we start talking about the giant robots um so uh uh nick real quick let's get this out of the way why is titanfall not your game of the week I'm sorry, Rob. Rob, did I say oh, okay. yeah. oh, Rob. Why? Because you you came you came on you you got all up in our grill pretty early on by telling us <laughs> Titanfall not my game of the week. What's going on, Rob Harvey? That you have decided Titanfall's not your game of the week. What else do you got going on? Yeah, not up in the grill, and I I kind of was. No, you're all like, yeah, robots, bitches. You're all because <laughs> well, I do. I really I really love mech games, and I think that's clear. In fact, I've kind of gone over the top about my my enjoyment of mech games. And that's one of the things that really kind of throws me with Titanfall is it's not that I don't like it. It's not that I like, I, I really have this mixed feeling of Titanfall where at the exact same moment, I'm both captivated by the game, but also not really moved by the game. I'm just amazed at how inventively creative they were with the, you know, changing the craft of the shooter, mm-hmm. but at the same time disappointed with how safely they, they stayed within the bounds. Ah, good. So okay. I, I kind of, I, in the end, when I think about Titanfall, and I have the feeling, you know, once all this this storm kind of moves on and we're we're down the road, I think Titanfall will probably be the most impressive proof of product that we've ever seen, and it's going to basically be the the intro music for this just Titanic, no pun intended, Titanic uh, intellectual property that's most likely going to dominate the next console cycle. But at the same time, I feel like this particular game, once we kind of really turn it over in our heads or and, and give it some time. It's it's they did play a little too safe, I think, in a lot of ways and, and I I would guess that they'll feel much more uh, liberated to really push the envelope much more on the, you know, second and third and probably twentieth iteration. Okay, well, hold that thought, Rob, because I want to get back to that. Like, how did they play it safe? Uh, give it, uh, uh, so, but before we do that, McMaster. Uh, you uh, are first of all. You you earlier before we started recording, you confused the theme for the Avengers to the theme for James Bond. I just wanted to make sure that everybody listening knows that about you. Uh, I'll be uh, I would like to point out that it was from like the first like three notes 
of the Avengers. So, like, yeah, you got about one bar into it, and you failed to identify it correctly. You know that James Bond theme is so obscure; it's really hard to, to suss that out. Anyway, nobody knows what that sounds like. So, fair enough, McMaster. Uh, by the way, if you want to follow me uh, tweeting various things to taunt McMaster, you can do that on at QT3. Or at uh, McMaster, if you want to follow someone who actually says stuff and it's interesting. <laughs> I, I think plenty of people are interested in you being taunted, McMaster. So speaking of taunting, McMaster, uh, you're apparently playing the kitty console version of Titanfall. Uh, the, the rest of us on this podcast are playing the PC version. McMaster, how is Titanfall holding up? And actually, in all seriousness, uh, how are you finding Titanfall on the 360? And I ask because... <laughs> the 360? On, That's fine. On the, sorry. <laughs> on the other 360, the new 360, I forget what it's called. Uh, the 2, the 4, what do they call the, the new 12 and a half. <laughs> um, but, and I ask in all seriousness because we're playing on the PC. It's been a remarkably smooth, stable launch uh, for EA, which is a, a big surprise after Battlefield 4, after SimCity. Uh, it seems like EA finally figured out how to do this whole online thing. Uh, how is it going on the, the 360 slash 1, Master? Uh, I like it a lot. Actually, it looks really good, too. And uh, with the combination of being able to broadcast to Twitch, uh, I've been doing that a lot lately. It's pretty cool. Because you can't, you can't do that on a PC, can you? Sure, you can. Nope. <laughs> Technology is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I get to use my 60-inch monitor and my surround sound system, so there is that. That is fair, and you get to sit on the couch while the rest of us are in the uncomfortable metal folding chairs with <laughs> desks, right? Hunched over. I actually have played it on both systems myself, and I I did ultimately d- come down. I mean, I think it looks great on the, the one, as you, you would expect. But what it comes down to for me, McMaster, is uh, I really do feel like it's a mouse and keyboard game. Uh now, is that is that been an issue for you? Are you are you comfortable with using the controller? Are you able to do headshotting? Yeah, I mean, with how many hours I played of like Call of Duty and all that stuff on the console, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with it. So okay. uh, it's not really that big of a deal. In fact, I really like controlling the Titans better with a controller. But that's me, I guess. Fair enough. Good. Uh, and no launch issues. You were able to. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's perfect. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I accidentally well, ordered the collector's edition. So that was my only launch. Accidentally? <laughs> yeah, I had pre-ordered it like months and months ago. I do that sometimes when I'm not sure if I'm going to want something and I'm not sure if it's going to sell out. Um, oh, so that way you can just back out at, at a later right, date. Right, on Amazon you don't pay till it's shipped. Right. Uh, and so I was like, you know, I got to work. I'm like, uh... It's like, huh, let me check my bank account. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, hell. So <laughs> That's like, out of a collector. Got the, got the email, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad I got it. It's just, you know, an 18-inch mech statue. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, Holy crap, it came with a little mech? Oh, <laughs> like the little it's not a little right? mech. <laughs> it's... It's it's a foot and a half tall, man. Like when they delivered it, I bought a Sarah Dark Souls two for her birthday, which is next Friday. And um, I uh, the guy, it's a pretty big box because it's like comes with like a foot tall Dark Souls statue. And he brings that up, and I'm like, oh okay, whatever. And he's like, no, I got one more. 
I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm standing there. He runs out to the truck, and he puts down the hand cart, and he slides this huge freaking box. Like, it was hard to get it through my front door down onto this thing, and he, like, hand trucks it up there. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the whole time he's giving you the stink eye. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. So I ended up, it was it was quite an unboxing process of, uh, you know, just having to cut through like three different boxes that it was packed in. And, and w- uh, what besides uh, a Titan doll do you get in the collector's edition? <laughs> uh, like a 200-page hardback art book thing mm, it's, okay. it's really nice uh and a uh schematic of one of the titans and oh good <laughs> some other crap i guess I, I don't know uh the game is what i was mostly interested in do you get you get the season pass oh no no oh, well, okay <laughs> I, did, I did not know that when i pre-ordered it either i expected you did and then of course it's not <laughs> you know i got it anyway so like but i was like huh what do you know oh well it's like being punched in the crotch, but I'm used to it by now. <laughs> uh, McMaster, can you hum for us the theme to Titanfall, by the way? What's the music in the game go like? Uh, let me see if I can whistle or hum this for you. Oh, God, I'm dying! Oh, God, my arms! That's usually what I hear. I'm not really paying attention to anything else. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the backstory, McMaster? What's the story of Titanfall? <laughs> oh, dude. You know, and I played through both parts of that campaign... Oh, good. So you can sort of relate one side to the other. Like, you can give us the, the counterpunctual <laughs> storyline. So how the theme for the IMC is different from the theme for the militia and how they touch on greater issues of sci-fi and technology, right? You can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it. And okay, that, go ahead. Yeah. That go little ahead. bit is uh, nothing at all, really. Uh, they they uh, At one point, we stole some fuel. Mm. I remember that. <laughs> Uh, that the voice acting is pretty rough. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why do they need the fuel, though? Hell, I best don't know. Help me out here. Which ones? <laughs> which ones are the good guys and which ones are the evil guys? That's the one I'm kind of because well, there's so much like gray morality in this storyline. Well, okay, so uh, uh, there's the IMC, then there's the people that used to fight for the IMC, then there's the militia, and they join up with some people that used to fight for the IMC that were really bad, but they're good now, and then they die. The, I don't really know what happens at all. Uh, okay, well, it, maybe you can. Maybe since you've shelled out for the extra for the collector's edition, and you have all the art books and all the schematics and stuff, maybe you can help me with this little simple thing, McMaster. All right. uh, uh, what does IMC stand for? <laughs> um, uh, we're going to say Interstellar Marine Corps. Nope, sorry. It's uh, it's the International Mech Committee. Bullshit. Committee. <laughs> no. Bullshit. <laughs> but really, McMaster, come on. Really, would you know if I was wrong? No. You would have no idea. I could be right for all we know. Uh, I'm just really good at guessing when you're lying. That's why I win so many of the games we play. <laughs> That, that is a fair point. Okay, I should have I should have asked Rob, who I might have been able to pull the wool over on his eyes. <laughs> All right, well let's okay. So let's talk some about the gameplay. Uh, McMaster, you die a lot. No surprise. Uh, you're playing on the the three six or the one. Uh, those of us who have mice and can actually aim a little better might oh. die a little bit less. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys. No. <laughs> no. Well, here's one of the things that I, I want to talk about that I feel that it uh, that it does it, to really set it apart from other shooters is it gives me stuff I can kill. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of shooters, when I'm playing Call of Duty, that's multiplayer, that's not really the case. I mean, I can get lucky and I can get kills, but I can routinely run through Titanfall and kill things right and left and right and left, and I run into a room and there's four dudes and I lay them all down. <laughs> it's uh, very satisfying. Yeah, I rock at this game, but it is simply because it has taken a page from games like League of Legends where you have creeps <sighs> in a lane. I was going to make that point, dude. Damn you. Well, you know, I... It, it's, <laughs> that's my territory, chick. What are you doing? <laughs> I kind of feel like Step that's, on the MOBA. that's kind of an epiphany that everyone will eventually arrive at is, oh, this is like MOBAs. And surely the guys at Respawn knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. But that, that's one of the gameplay shifts that took place in a MOBA is, you know, you're playing this action RPG that's competitive head to head. Let's give people lots of easy stuff to farm and and it, it not only gives you a resource but it's gratifying to constantly be able to kill stuff um so that for me is a huge part of what sets titanfall apart uh for the resource for the just gratification of being able to kill stuff and also for the level of spectacle because it's a bit like the single player in call of duty where you've just got a bunch of dumb bot things you can kill to create this cinematic experience. So on those three levels, I really like that aspect of Titanfall. Um, and, I, and I guess that's also working for you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I can expand on that. That's also one of the things that really kind of, their approachability is one of the places that really kind of hits my my dual reactions to the game because I also really recognize that the, the uh, grunts and the specters, once you realize that, oh, this isn't meant to be, you know, a non-human controlled enemy this is meant to be a resource in the game and they even give you a smart pistol which is ideal for mining this resource in the game mm-hmm. and once you realize it's not just you know like giving you little you know endorphin hits because you get to kill things really fast every few seconds but it's also giving you important things like timer reduction on your titans or points in attrition uh, this is all great for letting players of all kinds of skills really jump in the game it gives them a really good reason to play it, and it adds a different layer, like a strategic layer, almost an RTS layer, like a mobile expose, on top of a shooter, which is really rare and pretty ingenious the more you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yes. down the flip side of the equation of the approachability is I really wonder what this game's going to look like, again, a little bit down the road. I have the feeling like we are looking at Tribes when it first got released, and very soon, this is going to become Tribes after it was first released. Or in RTS terms, this is going to become the StarCraft II of RTSs, where you know a lot of gamers just won't be able to apply. Because once people really get good with the high mobility options and the raw, you know, frantic pace of the game, it's going to become very unfun very quickly for, I think, a lot of players out there that won't be able to... Uh, really attach themselves to that kind of combat very quickly or be how, able to adapt to it. Uh, right. I, how, go ahead, go ahead, McMaster. I have to compare it almost directly to the way Call of Duty works on, well, that's what on I want every release. Yeah, is how is that any different from a Call of Duty release for, or a release of any skill-based shooter? Uh, and so, I'm sorry, go ahead, McMaster, and compare it. But now, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, every Call of Duty comes out uh, you get it in the first day, the first week or two even. You can uh, you can still do okay, but, you know, guys that have full-time jobs just aren't going to compete, you know, with somebody who's just got all the time in the world. I'm not saying kids, but, you know, uh, just whoever. If they apply a lot more time than, you know, you, you do, they're going to get better at it, and it's just, it's, it's going to become 
kind of weird, but, you know, I've also come into those games late uh, before, and I don't know, I kind of like the challenge, but that's me. Well, that's also very similar to even League of Legends, you know, if we're talking about that MOBA pattern. When you first jump into a MOBA, you've got the same basic skills, as the same character, the same tool set, basically, as everyone else, but you don't have the level of skill that they have. Uh, So you're going to lose a lot, and especially as the game has come out for a while and people have gotten really good at it, and you're not just playing with other level one players. Uh, So, so Rob, the thing is, I share your reservations, but I don't think that sets Titanfall apart in any meaningful way from a lot of other games. Well, I guess... Well, I I guess I I just... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, I just I, I wanted to. I, I think it's an interesting point, uh, at, at, you know, Rob, that you have, and I think I also agree with Tom. And I'd love. I I envision at some point uh, when the you know really competitive guys uh, start taking on Titanfall. I don't know if that's going to be with this game or maybe Titanfall Two or whatever. Well, when they start really digging into it, um, if you play Titanfall enough, you can see where those grunts, you know, kind of spawn in. They come in in the little drop pods or they come in on their little airships at certain points in the map. And I I think at some point you're going to see at a high level of play where, you know, in attrition especially, uh, where, you know, those really skillful players, those teams – you know, get to the point where they're actually guarding those grunts against the other team. Or use them as a trap. Like, okay, now someone's right. going to come in and farm right. these guys. I'm going to get a couple of player kills, whereas this guy's only going to come in and get a couple of grunt kills. You guys, right. are, you guys are killing me. Why are we- <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what it sounds like talking about League of Legends. But anyway. Uh, and, and, yeah, but this is cool. <laughs> oh, God, I, I hate you. Uh, but... <laughs> No, if if I may speak to the point of like the way matchmaking works in League of Legends, I'm not sure exactly how it works in Titanfall, but I have to think that they've at least done a little bit of uh, you know something with it. They'll try to match people. Uh, no, you know they don't. Never mind. Just no, well, I can tell you how the matchmaking works in Titanfall on its first day. I a couple of times found myself on one team with, you know, I was like level 20 and maybe there was like a 14 and a, and a couple of fives and one poor one on my team. Fair enough. Then I look over on the other team and they've all got these weird little badges. Like, mm-hmm. uh, to a man, they've all got some kind of little badge that has a, a number and a letter on it. And I'm like, oh, oh what's that? God, are they elite already or something? Uh, it's called, Nick, you mentioned it in the review, it's called Regen- reconning. Regenning, right. And it's the Gen- equivalent yeah, of regenerating. Pres- regenerating. And it's like prestige in, in uh, Call oh, of Duty. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Man, God, so that sucks. Presumably the matchmaking will even out at some point. But I did, on the night of its release, find myself against a team full of regen players with just me and a couple of other First timers, but, uh, but but to get to, to Rob's point though, it's, it's a fair it's a fair thing to point out that just because there's all the, it's a much more target rich environment that doesn't mitigate the fact that it's going to be a lot like Call of Duty down the road. Where if I were to just jump into Call of Duty right now and just think, I oh, you know I like this game, I'm going to play it, it would be a, a just a, a massacre. Like I would be I would die over and over and over again, and I would be lucky to get three or four kills, and I would just have to condition myself to be satisfied with whatever kills I could get until I got my feet under me and started to learn the system and the traversal and the weaponry a little better. 
Um, well, I have a, I guess uh, that's sort of what I'm getting at, but I think it's a little bit more than that because that's true, in, as you guys were saying, in almost every competitive game. I mean, really, if you're, if you're a, an average gamer, you want to play a multiplayer game the first time, first, first couple of weeks it comes out while it's still safe or whatever. But I really kind of, I picked Tribes as an example because I really think, I think it's the mobility that's really going to be the difference and the mobility systems that's going to be really different. Because when Tribes first came out, it's like, oh, jetpacks and oh, bases and all this kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, it's like people were reinventing the entire game as they discovered skiing and, and lobbing people using their own weapons across the map. And it just completely changed the game so that really if you were trying to play it, even as it was meant to be played, you were, you were done for. And I saw similar things with Quake when, they, when you started seeing those uh, mods for like using the axe as a, as a grappling hook for you know, capture the flag. Suddenly, people that were actually playing capture the flag might as well not be playing because they were playing a completely different game than these other guys were playing. But and and, and I'm glad you bring that up because tribes. It, it does remind me in ways of tribes. But I think an important distinction here, Rob, is that things like rocket jumping and skiing, those were in a way exploits. Like, those were not an intentional part of the design. Those were byproducts of, of other systems in the game that players figured out. The difference for me in Titanfall is that from the get-go, this verticality is an intentional part of the design. The being able to climb and jump and grab things, the zip lines, um, all of that is, is part of the game that is designed to be there from the get-go, and the tutorial teaches you about this. And furthermore... Some of the, the loadouts basically give you a wall hack and an aimbot. You know, that is there for new players, and, and the wall hack doesn't come in until, and that's one of the, the perks you can get, one of the, uh, the, I forget what it's called, your on-foot tactical ability. Um, but those things are there as part of the gameplay rather than things that people have discovered and have sort of exploited into the gameplay. Uh, and so while I agree, there's a larger, there's a longer skill curve than, than just a point and shoot thing. Uh, I do think that Titanfall is built to give new players those tools quicker, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I, maybe I should use Gears of, Gears of War as an example because, yes, jetpacking is, was just part of, of tribes and I guess rocket jumping was maybe later discovered. But, like, I think of Gears of War and when you first played Gears of War, the snap to cover thing was kind of, a cool gimmick, and that was that well, not gimmick. That was it's what the game did, and it was kind of a neat thing for shooters. But then, if you started jumping into Gears of War later, again, the player discovered all these other things you could abuse snap to cover. And I, I would not be surprised at all if it's either abusive or just really fine-tuned usage of sure. all the different mobility mechanics in Titanfall. That that even if you're a great shooter, if you're a terrestrial shooter. That's you know kind of marginally using the systems unless you use it to crazy effects. You're just might as well not apply. Let me. I'm glad. Far from now. I love that you bring up gears because here's the analog that I think is a little closer to Titanfall that Gears has. In Gears of War, there's that active reloading mini game, and a new player plays it and it's like, oh, this is kind of fun. I'm you know I'm pressing the button more to reload. But what happens and what the new player eventually discovers and what he's going to be up against the moment he starts playing from the more experienced players is that once you get that timing down, your ammo does extra damage. So a new player jumps in and he sees this cool little button press thing that he's doing and it has a cool animation and he misses it and the, the character cusses and is like, ah, rats, I screwed up my loading. Uh, and it's this cool little feedback information and for him it just looks like it adds a little extra flavor but 
the advanced players are using it to make every single shot do more damage. So that new player is getting killed much more quickly. <laughs> but he is being shown this tool, and he is being given an in to eventually figure this out and become part of this elite thing in a way that, that rocket jumping and, and skiing and tribes didn't really do. Um, so I see Titanfall as having those kinds of systems, but also built from the ground up to make sure that new players can eventually master those systems as well. Um, so I, but I agree. I mean, so here was my experience with Titanfall. I, I, uh, I, I got to do an internal review at EA, and when they called us in to first spend some time with it, uh, I was like, man, I'm really good at this game. Even though I knew there were other players in there, there were just a couple of us who were doing the internal review, and then the, the other folks playing were from somewhere else in the building, and we didn't see them. Uh, so I'm playing, and I'm doing well, and I'm leveling up fast, and I'm, even do, I'm doing way better than the other two guys that I was working with, uh, and I was thinking, man, I'm, I guess I'm really good at shooters. And so we did that for the first day to get through the campaign and to unlock the two other mechs. And then the rest of the time we spent, they threw us into general population with the rest of the testers. <laughs> and oh, man, after that first bit of time in the campaign, to then get dropped in, it was so painful. And, and to realize, okay, they told everyone else who was playing to go easy on us on that first time. I knew the moment I got into a game with more general population that they had told everyone, okay, these are guys new coming in. Make them feel good. You know, don't kill them. <laughs> uh, but it was only apparent once I got dropped into the wider population. So to your point, Rob, absolutely. This can be very painful if you jump in with experienced players. And that's going to be an issue that it faces down the road after it's been out a month, two months. And, you know, somebody picks it up for his birthday or his wife gets it for him, who you know, who's not well, an early adopter. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, you, you got to expect, I mean, <laughs> you dress like a tart. You're going to get blasted in the alleyway, all right? That's all I'm going to say so, about it. What? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. Wow, I'm not touching that one. All right. What? Whoa. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, you know. Uh, hey, just saying. <laughs> uh, another thing that I want to point out is <laughs> these AI, the grunts and the specters do. Master, by the way, what is the difference between a grunt and a specter? Oh, God. Uh, well, a grunt's like the basic troop. They're pretty easy to kill. Uh, specters take quite a few more shots. They do more damage. Uh, they're also robots. Um, and in some of the capture modes, when you capture a factory, it starts producing them for you. All right. I didn't, know you'd, I didn't figure you'd have known all that, but well done. I guess it's because you have that, that art book. That explains all that stuff. Well, and I've also, well, you know, folks, while, while Tom is uh, being funny, haha, um, we're. Uh, I told him he was going to like this game, but he never believed what? me. You did? I played in the alpha. Oh no, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In the beta, you did say. I don't know that you told me that I would like it, but you said you definitely liked it, and I just thought, oh, that McMaster, he likes everything. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, and then I. I but it, it's the same thing every time, uh, and I do the same thing. Is like we always go. Yeah, I'm not going to play that game. That game looks stupid. Oh God, I've just played a lot of that game, and it's always how it works. And you did, yeah. You, if you did think that I was going to like it, McMaster, you were definitely right. So yeah, fair point. It's, um, I mean, yeah. But what? So good. Okay, McMaster, I'm giving you a point for a correct answer on grunts versus specters. But you're still at. Let's see. Because of that whole James Bond kerfluffle, you're still oh, at negative twelve points for the overall scoring today. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, 
But one thing that I like that the creeps do is that they uh, – so, so when you play Battlefield 4, and right now I kind of feel like the competition for Titanfall is Call of Duty on one hand and Battlefield 4 on the other hand. But one of the things that I like is how it splits the difference between those two games and one of the ways that it does it using these AI creatures, these these grunts and specters that you can easily kill. When you play Call of Duty, it's just constant go, 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 kill, 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 shoot, 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 die, die, die. Like it's just this frantic, consistent pace. And that's fine. You know, it's like just eating a whole bunch of sugar and they're just having this great sugar rush. When you play Battlefield 4, the pace is much more uh, – it's broken up much more. There are long stretches of, oh, God, i got to walk over there. Is there anyone here? Okay, I'm going to go into this bush. And Are oh, there dudes down there? Okay, I'm going to run down. Oh, God, now I'm fighting. It's a quick battle and now I'm getting kills. Okay, now I'm waiting. I'm guarding this point. Is anyone going to show up? Uh, it's a much more – uh, varied experience. There's much more variety. There are peaks and valleys when you play Battlefield 4. I feel like Titanfall has those kinds of peaks and valleys, but it compresses them into much more of a Call of Duty-sized package. Um, in that, there there is sometimes downtime, and not much, but sometimes you're just killing the grunts or the specters, and that's relatively easy, but it's gratifying. And then other times you get into these pitched battles with either another player, another pilot, or uh, in the mech. But it has that Battlefield 4 sense of, of varied pacing and of varied experiences, rather than that Call of Duty, just constant go, go, go. Uh, and I really like how in several different ways, Titanfall breaks up that pacing. Um. Yeah, also on the pacing, I really like, one of the things I also think is a fantastic feature that they've really done well is when people do say Call of Duty with mechs, and I'll, I'll say I agree with that to some degree, but at the same time, it's completely wrong. And one of the ways that that really shows off is to see the staggered difference in the pilot on pilot combat as opposed to the Titan on Titan combat. And it's just, it's really, when I first played the, the I was first played, I didn't play it in the alpha, I played it in the beta. When I first played it, the first several rounds, I really wasn't getting into it. And then I played one of the uh, last Titan standing matches. And that's when I really got to appreciate the almost chess-like battles of knowing when to, when to throw up your shield. And, oh, he threw up a shield, so I'm going to drop my shield, and I'm going to wait. And then, oh, he's, he just fired off a bunch of rockets. So I'm going to throw mine back up. And, uh-oh, I've already used my shield, so I better jump behind this building. Kind of, like, just really great. But at the same time, it's not, it's not like, oh, I saw somebody, bam, they're dead. Oh, I saw somebody, saw me, bam, I'm dead. You know, it's, it has a very different pace. And those two completely different types of engagements also the way that they really blend so it's it's this beautiful not just cat and mouse game of pilots versus titans where you, which by the way isn't necessarily as unequal as it sounds i mean they both are very very lethal to each other in different ways that is also very nice so you get this great cat and mouse but also this you know cat and cat and Cat and cat and cat and mouse or mouse and mouse. It just it really works and no all these different variables, and it it doesn't feel like you know I'm in God mode now. You know you think oh I'm a Titan and I'm you know I'm just going to stomp all over people. You kind of like even when you beat a Titan and the other guy blows up and you, you don't have that sense of oh I'm safe now. Ha ha! I beat him. Now it's where did that pilot go? Yeah, he's going to land on my head next, right? Yeah, it's like oh, I better yes. dash out of here and start looking. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, That's my favorite so, or you start seeing that. World that light of the nuclear blast, you know, and he's like, Oh, time to get out of here. Or why is he charging me? He knows he's, he's doomed, you know? So 
it, it's a, it has a great varied pacing that I think really works. It's, it really does split the middle between the battlefield and the Call of Duty, and even kind of has them both in the same spawn. So, uh, I I really like how also, and this is. Uh, an intentional part of the design, I'm sure. When I play Call of Duty, I never get the attack dogs or the helicopter support, or you know, I, there, there's a there, there are all these like high end perks that I know I'm never going to get because I can't get enough kills for that. I'm just simply not good enough. That's stuff that's only for the good players. I don't think there's anything like that in Titanfall. Everybody's going to get their turn in a mech with those burn cards. I'm, I'm, you know, everybody gets those burn cards. I can use those whenever I want. I presume I'm getting some of the same cool burn cards as everyone else. Um, you know, I never get a turn in a jet in Battlefield, and Lord knows I wouldn't want to take one because I wouldn't know what to do. But Titanfall makes sure that I get my turn with a Titan and that I get these cool burn card gimmicks. Uh, it's got a much more democratic sort of approach to players. And that, that sort of also, for me, Rob, goes to your concern about what happens when a new player jumps into this months down the line and it's only really good people. That new player, there's nothing that's going to be kept away from him. He's still going to get his Titan and he's still going to get cool tricks with the burn cards, I, I feel. Um, so I feel there's much more of a, of a democratic approach rather than this merit-based, hey, if you're really good, here's special toys only you get. Um. Well, let me go ahead and compliment that. And that I, I really agree, and I think they've done a fantastic job with that because you're right. It's not the attack dogs, not the helicopter. It's not you know, the call it missile or whatever. Everybody gets it, and everyone gets to really mess with the cool toys. And at the same time, this is what's so elegant about it, at the same time, if you are that super player that would have had the attack dogs and El Capo, yada, yada, you'll be able to really work the system so that you'll, you'll, you'll be able to call in that Titan that extra 30 seconds early by really being efficient with the system. And it gives essentially both accessibility and rewards the good player. So it really works on both sides. And I yeah. think that's one of the really great designs. And not just call it in an extra 30 seconds early, but it mar- I marvel at some players who don't get their Titans killed. I mean, you see some guys who really know how to manage their shields, who really know how to keep a Titan alive. As far as I know, you can never repair them. But uh, if, you're, if you're really good with it and if you really are careful with it, it's surprising to me. Like, I don't get to keep my Titan for very long, and that's fine. It keeps the pacing going. But I do see some guys who... I'm like, he's still in his Titan? You know, hasn't he died yet? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Nick, tell me a bit more So uh, about what has made this work. So you've also come from a background of like, like you like the big Arma games, for instance. This is a much more, uh, and also compared to Battlefield 4, there's something very, uh, I, I want to say modest about the size of what's going on. I mean, we, we mentioned these, these AI grunts. There's, there's a lot of activity there. But the players, it's only, what is it, six versus six? The, the levels are very small. Uh, so, Nick, coming from someone who really enjoys the wide openness of an Arma game, uh, was that an issue for you in Titanfall? This, this sort of modest tech, fewer players... Uh, did so that- I, yeah, I thought it was going to be an issue. I, again, coming, f- you know, from kind of more of the open worldy, or at least larger uh, type shooters. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was going to chafe. I, because that has been my experience with the, you know, traditional Call of Duty. Sometimes I, I do feel like it's, you know, I'm having a gunfight in a closet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in Titanfall's case, I think. The added 
dimension of the verticality sort of opens things up and it, you know makes levels feel a lot bigger than they are if you if you ever get a chance you know and and actually stop on a you know one of the higher rooftops and actually look around at the levels they're all really still pretty small um they're not very large levels but uh i that that movement that your pilot can do and then uh the way i think they've done a really smart job of dividing up the kind of smaller encounter areas for pilots and grunts versus the kind of wide open you know streets and field areas for titans to really get at it um it 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 definitely wound up not uh, disturbing me as much as I thought it would, and then after uh, a couple of hours of play, uh, you know, w- once you really start using the wall running and double jumping and really getting into it, um, it uh, that feeling just kind of went away. And and then you know, it, it's it's interesting because I went back um, and played a little Battlefield Four, and oh. right away. I mean, one of the first things that hit me was I, I, I was running into walls because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm like, oh, I can't, ah, no, I can't go up there. Damn it! <laughs> I had the exact same problem. I went to play some tit- some uh, planet side right after a long session of, of Titanfall. I was so frustrated I couldn't get over this little teeny pipe. I'm like, why can't I just jump over that? <laughs> It really does that point you make, Nick, about the size of the maps. For me, really hits home when you eject from a Titan and you are just catapulted like way high up in the air and you look down and there are times you're high enough up in the air you can see the entire map and you can very clearly see, okay, well, there's where the map ends and they've got this kind of empty terrain that goes off into a skybox. You can just sort of see, yeah, that's the little shoebox. But then as you're coming back down into the map and you can sort of steer around – and by the way, it reminds me a bit of a great, great shooter called Section 8, where you oh, drop yes. down into the map. You could pick where you were going to land, and oh, I, I miss that game. But as you're coming back down into the map, you realize, I can land pretty much anywhere I can see. You know, there's no tops of the buildings that's off limits. And Battlefield 4 does something similar, of course. If you can see it in Battlefield 4, you can get there for the most part. But there's this similar feeling as you're coming down that you realize you can go anywhere. And as you're looking at the map, too, there's this sense that you alluded to, Nick, that, okay, these are the areas that Titans can go. This is the part of the map for them. These are the areas that pilots can go. This is the part of the map for them. You know, these are the areas that only pilots can reach. This is the bit for them. So even though it's it's a source engine game, it's much smaller areas than you expect than you get in a Battlefield 4, uh, they get a lot of use out of those areas because of that verticality, because of how it's constantly throwing, you know, it throws you up in the air when you're done with your Titan, and it gives you an almost like a new opportunity to respawn in wherever you want. Uh, you know, it just gives you so many different ways to, to, to move around into the different areas. And if you guys noticed, I didn't realize this until I saw a tooltip, uh, zip lines aren't one way. Did you know that? Back up a zip line? Yeah. It even says even if they're pointing down and you yep, go there. Yep. It even says on the tooltip, hey, you got rockets on your butt. You know, <laughs> the zip line will take you wherever you want to go. Uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> zip lines are basically like little teleportation points. And not only that, you can stop zip lining and just drop straight down at any point if you press the, uh, I wrote this down, if you press the unbound key. 
I don't know which one that is. <laughs> my tooltip has told me, press the unbound key and you can just drop straight off of a zip line. Oh, I remember. Oh, that's a yeah. fine tooltip. Yeah, I'll look out for that one. Yeah, I don't know what that is on the uh, on the Xbox One McMaster, but uh, yeah, you can look into that. In concerns for the map, though, I think I think Nick and, and Tom, you're both getting to a really neat point about it. And again, to kind of again the duality that I feel about it when you when you jump into the game, it, it very much feels like a, a Call of Duty deathmatch closet. These really small levels where you spawn and you have a short time to run to people, and everything's really frantic. And then as you play a little bit you start to just kind of look up a little bit. And you find, oh, I've been running through this hallway, and this isn't just a hallway. Yeah. This is a hallway with a parallel surface here and a parallel surface that starts just there. And, oh, by the way, there's a hole right above it in between here, and suddenly this one hallway, which in any other very horizontal game, has completely different play mechanics that can occur. And I think, you know, to put on my... Go EA hat, which is a very, you know, it's, it's a rather beat up hat to be honest. But <laughs> as I put on my my pro EA hat, I think this might be one of the very few games that could really sell itself as far as being a good reason to buy a map pack, because the maps are really going to be direct playability as opposed to just right. new aesthetics. And I think that it's going to be really exciting to see what kind of movement options are going to appear in the future maps or even these maps as you start to really replay them and start to kind of do that, you know, that realizing that it's, it's a, it's a volumetric map, not a playing field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, it's, go ahead. it's interesting that you, uh, I think I played probably six maps in the campaign, um, before I even thought about, Oh wait, I can double jump and run on walls indoors as well. And which, it's also, yeah. Go ahead. you know, I, I mean, you would you would have thought I would have keyed in on that since it's in the tutorial, <laughs> but <laughs> for whatever reason, I just I, I don't know. My brain was still doing that, you know, two dimensional, you know, Call of Duty kind of, you know, everybody's stuck on the same plane deal and. It wasn't until maybe the sixth or seventh map where you know we're all fighting over some domination point or whatever, and I saw some guy, you know, he double jumped up and ran along the wall and just avoided the stairway, and I thought, oh, you crap, that's right. <laughs> and that's a great tool is watching other players move around. They're like, oh, wait, I can do that too. Like, it's not like he has any special traversal. There is one perk or whatever you call it that lets you wall run farther or maybe jump a little higher. It makes you more parkoury. Um, but for the most part, <laughs> anything you see, you, it, you, someone else do is something that you can do as well. So there, there's a kind of a learning game there. Uh, and speaking of the maps, what maps have stood out for you guys? McMaster, what's a map that you like? Oh, geez. I don't know. It's There's so many of them at launch that I haven't really played some of them as much as so the campaign the campaign puts you through i think there's maybe 15 and the campaign maybe puts you through nine right yeah yeah Yeah. so when you jump into the the i think it's called classic you can either play campaign or classic which i don't know how they arrived at that name uh but when you play (laughs) classic which is the full game you'll find oh wait a minute i didn't see this map before uh so yeah so mcmaster you play the campaign you see the nine maps and you play the wider game you might see new maps uh what's one that either stood out for you or you're like oh this is kind of cool or different or 
Um, I kind of like the Overlook, I think is what it's called. Uh, the hotel, the hotel from The Shining. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's like a prison area that's on a cliff. Uh, thought, Does that relate to some of your own life experience? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a prison <laughs> by the sea. Well, after that alleyway stuff, you know, like... Jeez, yeah, McMaster, no kidding. I'm calling the cops on you. Oh, uh, wait a minute. So I, I love... Because I don't know the names of these maps yet. There's nothing that really is, is teaching me the names of the maps. So, McMaster, I'm, try, I'm racking my brain. A prison on a cliff. Help me out here. What it's else? a very green map, and you can fall <laughs> off of it and die. A green prison on a cliff that you can fall off and die. Oh, good Lord. Just I think let I now know. It up. Does it have like? <laughs> does it have the tip of an aircraft carrier like sticking out of some? Maybe. I think I know which one you're talking about. Does anyone else know what McMaster's talking about? As a matter of fact, that's a new feature on this podcast. What is McMaster talking about? If you <laughs> if you know, tweet us. <laughs> it, it is called Overlook, and it's okay. not. It's not. It's sort of green. I, I'm looking at an overhead. No, I, d- I think I do know the one you're talking about, and it has. I don't know that it's literally a carrier deck, but it has some kind of like. Deck yeah, it does. Up. It has something that looks like a carrier deck on it. Yeah, and there are the hackable guns that are around it. Different right, ways. right. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, good, good. Yeah, is that the one with the big flat surface out? That's yeah. pretty much Titan friendly with the hackable turret out there. Yeah. And then there's kind of like the drop down circles for the infantry stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I would also rate that one very highly. That's one of my better moments when I kind of really, you know, you got a team play moment where suddenly a few people called in their Titans. They all kind of huddled around the already hacked tower and basically said, okay, your team can't go here. Yeah. And, and then every now and then, one of the infantry would pop out of those little holes that were very hard to navigate. And it, it, it created some pretty cool moments. Uh, Rob, what's one that stood out for you besides uh, you can't just steal McMaster's choice? Besides oh, okay. <clears throat> well, it's kind of fun when they really well, aesthetically. I love the the here be dragons thing. That that was pretty yeah. cool when I first saw that it. That one is freaking <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I do. I mean, that's just Ross aesthetics. But I really, and even as you watch him kind of swoop in and grab guys and stuff, that's that's pretty neat. Um, but there was another one that I played just at the end of last night. It was very interesting. Um, you know, of course, there was the well. They all have like the kind of mixed of like you can go indoor with your Titan, but you're indoors, so you're kind of vulnerable. But this one is kind of it has a circular indoor area yes. with a capture point around the middle that kind of has its own little cutaway portion, so infantry yeah. can kind of duck around in the middle. And then there's all these large catwalks, but it's big enough so you can get like I don't know three or four Titans playing ring around the Rosie in the middle. It's like there. a factory kind of. It's like an yeah. office building slash futuristic factory kind of deal. And there's there's Spectre manufacturing points around it. That yeah. one. Yeah, that one's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember if that had the Spectre, although that that was cool in, in the campaign. I'm not sure if it does in the regular, but the campaign, I love it when the Spectres start popping out, and they're like, you're, you yeah. think you're safe, but you're not. But uh, I love that little circular area, because you get some really good moments, because you're, you're ducking and weaving, or maybe there's a couple of Titans that have made it almost impenetrable to the infantry. In fact, it's one of the few times the public uh, chat was pretty interesting, as people were getting rather upset about how un breakable this point b was as all these titans had camped up in there but then you kind of get this neat thing where you kind of move into the infantry and suddenly instead of camping it the titans are trapped yeah and uh it's, yeah <laughs> it's, it's a cool moment when that kind of that, you know campaign does kind of break down i'm not sure why they did the audio over it and i'm not sure it really worked i mean i i probably could have got a little bit more story than than has been sussed out so far but I think the story in this is really from just the gameplay. You get these moments that are pretty cool moments that 
probably won't play out that way again, even if you play that same map many, many times. And that's what's yeah. funny about the campaign is you've got dudes talking about their exposition, and, and you're like, dude, shut up. I'm having my own story here. I'm just <laughs> yeah. playing Titanfall. I don't want to hear about your D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Though I bet it's wicked sweet. <laughs> so did anyone think it was weird in the campaign how I, uh, win or lose? Okay, next map. Right. Yeah, that was a little strange to me as well. I'm happy because I would hate the the thought of trying to win every damn battle to advance. Oh god, having to play another map over. Uh, over. Play this again. <laughs> That'd be rough, right there. Right. Yeah, it, it was just weird story wise, though. Because oh yeah, you know they go through it, and I think there was one level where you're supposed to be stealing a crash spaceship or something, and. You know, they, oh, we gotta get it. Oh no, the the bad guys are coming in. They're coming in. Oh, they're they're overrunning us. You know, and then it. Oh, we didn't get away. We didn't make it. And then the next map starts like, okay, we gotta go get the fuel for the spaceship that we stole. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think isn't it a map where your your uh, evac never shows up because you have to like be on the planet when it blows up? Or yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did I just die? Like, <laughs> oh, wait, huh? <laughs> It feels like one of those places where they did miss some opportunity, or it seems like some of that that creative juice that was flowing all over the other parts of the game. Gross. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All all the creativity that was really going all over in in the other parts of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you get to the, it's like it seems like it's obvious. Why don't you do some sort of branching tree or some sort of tug of war? This happens to this, and and that would add playability and would make the missions mean, but it really almost really caused you to even further tune out what was going on because it really did matter. You're just going to go to the next mission anyway, so who cares? Uh, So before, actually, I want to get back to that, Rob, but first, Nick, I want you to pick out what's a map that you have really liked. Uh, I I don't know the name. Uh, again, okay, I don't know the I know, name. Just describe it to us. <laughs> and, uh, the crack team of map ideas will be able to tell you what it is. So it looks like a fake Tahitian village Lagoon. mixed with Lagoon. Okay, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it it's, aesthetically, it's one of my favorite because there's nothing like it in the campaign, and when you get into it, you're like, whoa, look at this. Yeah, this looks yeah, like yeah. something from Far Cry or something. I, I, was gonna say, oh, I don't even think I've played that map yet. Oh. When, it, when it loaded up first, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in Unreal. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's like it suddenly broke the Call of Duty palette. You're like, wow, hey. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a spaceship landed. It's landed or crashed or whatever. I think it's landed. There's a big old spaceship along one side, and then there are these canyons, and then there's blue water. And there's those little tiny huts that you cannot believe you can't knock over in your Titan that don't blow up. Yeah, exactly. Indestructible wood. Um, But just the aesthetics of it looks great. I think it flows differently because I I don't know – I'm assuming all the maps are on on domination, which is my preferred mode of play. They're the three points and they're tucked back in different – canyons kind of on lagoon um so you have to the flow of the map is such that you have to work your way down these canyons uh uh but and then there's the big open area on the beach with the spaceship uh and i think the zip lines on that were just a real joy to discover once you realize oh i can rather than go down the canyon i can just circumvent some of this with the zip lines um well i i don't want to steal your picnic but that's uh yeah that's what i was going to pick jerk <laughs> so you don't actually get to pick that if you got on to Rob for that earlier. So. Okay, here's mine then. Here's the, here's my favorite map. I don't know about favorite, but here's a map that I really like. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the name of it is Angel City. And it's city streets. Yeah. Uh, it's very much like a futuristic 
town, a city. Uh, and what I like about it is the Titans are always in the streets, of course. That makes sense. But the rooftops along the streets, the pilots can get up on. So rather than it being a game where the pilots are only safe indoors, like some of the other maps, they're safe indoors, but they're also safe for the most part outdoors. And they can almost always look down on the fighting Titans in the streets. And it also brings to mind just that classic visual of giant robots fighting in a city. Yeah. Uh, and I just love, you know, getting up on the roof and having to fight other players, but then every now and then having this great visual down into Titans fighting each other. And I can just weigh in with my anti-Titan weapon against whichever one I'm, I'm, is, is on the other side. And we can always stop by the upmart and get some uh, blasters. Oh, is that the name of one of the the signages? Is Upmart. (laughs) It's one of the stores you can get, or like one of the buildings you can enter. Uh, So so Nick, Rob mentioned, you know, there's a a missed opportunity with the campaign. There's no branching. Uh, I kind of think that one of the – let me ask if this – you gave Titanfall a perfect review, uh, which (laughs) is absurd. You know, it just means you loved it. Uh, How much of – of an issue was it for you or do you think it should be that Titanfall really does does not have as much content as uh, a Call of Duty game you know there's no meaningful single player uh, there's no skirmish versus bots there's no co-op mode for instance when you buy a Call of Duty you're going to get a campaign with a storyline and some kind of gimmick hopefully you're going to get the multiplayer and you're going to get some sort of cool co-op mode against zombies or aliens or something but when you buy Titanfall you're pretty much only getting the multiplayer uh, how much of an issue is that for you or was it a zero and why is that explain that so Shouldn't Call of Duty set the bar for what a $60 package, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, shouldn't it set the bar for what you get for your $60? So I I don't measure uh, a video game by the, I guess, the options or the the different uh, kind of modes that they give you. Um, I, I certainly don't look at a video game and, you know, do some kind of weird developer math where I think, well, this video game costs $42 million to make, so it's got to be a four star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I do think that, and I, I know this is that, you know, vague, ambiguous word, but the amount of fun that I get oh. out of a video game. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do put more of a premium on that and I feel like, look, if your game cost, you know, if you're some little indie game and you cost $10 to make and you only have the one, like, side-scrolling single-player mode um, and it took you, you know, 20 days to make it because you did it at some indie game jam, but I play it for 200 hours, then, <laughs> a good you game. know, yeah, that's a five-star game. Right? <laughs> I'm with you on that one, man. That is a five-star game to me. So, yeah, in Titanfall's case, um, yeah, sure. If you go into Titanfall expecting a really great, dramatic, single-player campaign with linear corridor-type setups and, you know, really scripted set pieces, yes, you are absolutely going to be disappointed. I I don't think Titanfall is that game. Um, But I think that... As a multiplayer game and as a game where the developers, I think, realized, hey, look, let's not do 
that single player thing. Let's not do the thing where everybody just plays it once and then never touches it again. Let's do something a little different. Let's make our multiplayer the same thing as the single player, really. Unfortunately, it's kind of the same situation where nobody's going to ever play it again once they unlock their titans. But um, I, I actually appreciate that. I appreciate that they didn't make me wade through a four-hour single-player campaign to get to stuff. I can just run through it in you know, an hour and a half, have my two titans, and then move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they learned a lesson from some of the Call of Duty stuff that way. Um, and, you know, honestly, the game reminds me more of, like, Quake 3 than it does of uh, Call of Duty in a lot of ways, too. How so? Just the as actual as- the speed of it and, and just how everybody moves constantly. I mean, the size of the arenas is really small. Uh, Quake 3 had that great single-player campaign. Master. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sweetest single-player campaign ever. God, it's awful. I think part of what's going on here is that I, I feel that Call of Duty isn't – shouldn't necessarily be the norm because it, it really in a way gets Activision into this trap of how do we top last year's? You know, How can we just throw more stuff in the box? And normally what they do is they'll farm out to different developers. Okay, you're doing the campaign. Okay, you're doing the multiplayer. You guys over here, get off Tony Hawk. Come in here. You're doing some kind of co-op mode. Okay, is that what you're doing? Good. We're going to throw that in the box. Uh, and what will happen is it looks generous. It looks awesome. But I'll, I'll buy a Call of Duty and I'll think, okay, one of these modes I really don't like. It's terrible. One is okay. Here's the one I really like. Here's all I'm going to play. So as a consumer, even though Call of Duty has three separate cool things in it, I really only respond to one of them. Uh, and so I kind of appreciate that focus in Titanfall is that if I want to play some kind of campaign against bots that's going to have achievements and unlockable weapons, I'll just go play back Black Ops. You know, if I want a horde mode that's great for multiplayer, uh, where me and some buddies can have a sort of a last man standing thing, you know, I'll get, uh, you know, the Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare thing, for instance. That's got a cool feature there. Um, but if I just want the best kind of multiplayer that developer can make, I feel like Titanfall's like, you know what? This is all we're giving you. Here, here you go. We've done our best. Take it or leave it. Um, so I kind of do appreciate that focus rather than that attempt to be everything to everybody. Um, yeah. Is this time to get into missed opportunities? Sure, yeah. What, what, that, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what else should have been in this box, Rob? So, I mean, I, I'm, I agree with a lot of what's being said here. And again, I like a lot of things that they've done, and hopefully I'm, I, I, I don't sound like I'm just one-sided about it. I mean, I, I really think they did some great things, but also at the same time, I feel like they they got the, they have this great opening. They set up this beautiful banquet, and then it's it's, it's a ten-minute dinner. It's it's just I feel like they could have done a lot. Like the 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 weapons, I feel like they went very very safe on the weapons, and even the way the weapons unlock and and the types of upgrades they went with. It's like okay, here's your machine gun, here's your shotgun, here's your submachine gun, here's your your basic point energy rifle. I mean, they did the smart pistol, which is a little wild, but you know, okay. And now here, um, here's your your extended magazine, and here's your suppressor, and here's your different types of scopes. And I just feel like, hey guys, you're you should feel liberated. You're not in modern warfare land. You're in sci-fi land. Go, right? Go and give this like the the resistance or the ratchet and clank treatment or go for unreal tournament and get a little wacky with some of your, I mean, 
play with it. You've got a great sense of, of systems and balance. And I feel like just as I was ready to really tear into it, I'm like, and that's it? And these things all come very quickly. And even the Titans, as much as, I mean, maybe it's because they did have this great chess system where it really is about punch and counterpunch and, and, and this, that, that they really played it close to the vest. But I'm kind of like, okay, so do you want one one sprint, two sprint, or three sprint? And do you want lock-on missile, not lock-on missile? Or, you know, do you want machine gun, shotgun, energy rifle? You know, it's, it seems like they could have, I feel like they could have done more, but it feels like they stopped short. And I really, when Nick says 200 hours, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm turning my head a little bit and squinting going, I, you know, it is a good and engaging multiplayer experience, but is this really a 200-hour multiplayer experience? I have a feeling it's going to be something that's like great and amazing, and then quickly it's going to be like, yeah, that was great and amazing, and what's this over here? So I, there's two kind of uh, issues that I see here. I kind of want to s- separate them. Uh, on the one hand, you, you sort of mention it's a sci-fi game, but they don't do a lot of relatively crazy sci-fi stuff. I mean, there is like a rail gun, there's an arc weapon that does lightning stuff. But yeah, for the most part, you're right. It's your standard submachine gun, sniper rifle, light machine gun, uh, shotgun uh, loadout. Uh, so, so for on one hand, yeah, it's a relatively it, it's not wacky sci-fi stuff. They don't they don't push the sci-fi stuff too much. Uh, that to me is one issue. Another issue uh, is the the way the loadouts work. Uh, it, it's relatively simple. There aren't a lot of upgrades. There are some, but the idea seems to offer to be to offer fewer choices, but make each choice more meaningful. Uh, is you're not doing a Call of Duty thing where, okay, you're going to add this magazine and this barrel attachment and this stock and these this scope. You know, each weapon will only have at the most two add-ons, um, and you're not going to get a lot of incremental uh, changes to a weapon's stats. Um, so for me, I see two different issues there, and I'm not sure I personally, I can understand someone maybe would prefer more sci-fi craziness or more incremental upgrades to a weapon. But for me, I'm, I'm kind of okay with both of those, even though I can understand the objection, Rob. Um, uh, McMaster, Nick, how, how do those things shake out for you guys? Well, I, 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 uh, so yeah, it, <laughs> I, I'll admit that the, I, I think the loadout, the guns that are given to the pilots and even the guns, I think for the, uh, Titans are really kind of, um, well, they're pretty basic. They're just, you know, like you said, it's, here's, you know, I think three or four assault rifles. Here's two SMGs, two sniper rifles, one shot, one shotgun, um, and then a, a couple of pistols and a smart pistol. Uh, smart pistol is the only one that really goes out, you know, and really sort of mixes things up. But uh, I think we covered that it, it really does have a very specific purpose, and that's, you know, to farm the grunts and specters. Um, and the Titan weaponry, I, I was a little put off, and I think I'm still a little put off at, um, as Rob said, how safe the Titan weapons are. Um, and they almost feel, I know one, like one, you spin up, and if you hold down the button, and it'll spin up harder and faster, and that way, you know, sort of like a chain, the way a chain gun would work in Team Fortress 2 or whatever. 
Um, but then when you let go, it goes off. But then there's another machine gun that just fires at a steady rate. And then here's a you know rocket launcher thing that shoots spiral lo- rockets. And I mean, they visually look cool, but yeah, they're they're pretty um, they're pretty vanilla uh, in as far as their effects. I, I really, uh, I I guess I was a little disappointed that the Titans didn't have you know just wackier weapons. Um, and, you know, I guess that just falls in line with just my nerdy expectations of, you know, what a giant robot fight should kind of be. But I think that what they've done with the balancing for those Titans and with the pilots, um, it, with the special abilities and the way, uh, for example, uh, if a Titan, if you see that you know, opposing Titan throw up his shield, you know, when you're a newbie, you're, you know, you just want to keep firing at it. Yeah. You're just going <laughs> to keep shooting at it because, you, you know, right. you don't, mm-hmm. even though they give you that in the tutorial, right. you know, your instinct is to just hold down that button and start loading them up with bullets. And, and once you take a few facefuls of, you know, bullets getting deflected back at you, you're, you're, it becomes, uh, like Rob said, a very cat and mouse game where you, where you figure out, Okay, he's oh, he's brought up his shield. Okay, screw him. I'm going to slide around the building and wait. Okay, now I know his shield has to have come down. So, haha, in your face, buddy. And then, you know, uh, he can shoot his rocket salvo at you, but then hey, you can bring up your shield no. or you know, you can throw up your cloud um if he That's... starts getting up on you. Yeah, I was going to um, say uh as at the point I'm at, I do not see the shield as much anymore. Well, one thing I love when I see the shield, and this this gets to this idea of fewer, simpler choices, uh, is that what I what I like about the weapon variety and the perks is 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 that they do force those fewer, simpler choices. So, for instance, when I see someone use a shield, I'm like, oh, that's great. I love that that guy has a shield because it means he doesn't have smoke, and right. now I can jump on his head. Right. Uh, yeah. And and so for for me the 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 loadouts are less about and this is actually one of the things that I miss is there's not a sense in this game of, of customization and personalization of I have advanced this gun in this way and I've got it this many levels and I've put these attachments on it and I've got this skin on it there's none of that in, in Titanfall well, there's some there's some well as far as I can tell it's not a game about creating my character and leveling it up and, and putting a personal customization on it oh, it is instead oh, no, no, no. It's instead about making fewer choices and then seeing how they work together combinatorially. Um, and it, it's making those trade-offs. Like, you know, if I want the shield, I can't have the smoke. If I want the smoke, I can't have the shield. You know, I have to pick one or the other. Uh, and yeah. it's the same, you know, I'm okay with there not being multiple shotguns because Lord knows when I play most, you know, when I play Call of Duty, I don't know one shotgun from another. Uh, a shotgun is a shotgun to me. The level that I play most games at, it just shoots out a bunch of shot from the barrel and that's fine. You know, that's sort of what I'm looking for. So, so for, for me, Titanfall, this word gets thrown around a lot, but I'm going to do it. Titanfall's loadout, its arsenal, it is for me a lot more elegant than in a lot of the other shooters that I see, which want to cater to this idea of, you know, you're grinding up this gun to get it to perform 5% better just for you. Uh, and I kind of like being liberated from that in, in Titanfall. Um, well, they could have been even more liberated. I mean, I, I kind of sense where it, it could be just, as you say, elegant, essentially a really lean uh, set of options for 
fair and equal competitiveness. But I mean, at the same time, fine, just let it all be open from the beginning, or let it have all be available in a well, in the first five hours. And I'm not talking about five percent damage. I mean, that's a limitation you have as a modern combat, where everything has to be well a assault rifle or a submachine gun. This is you can do lots of things. You don't have to have every Titan with a missile shoulder. You can do some cool things that are even maybe not offensive at all, completely utilitarian, maybe even a support ability. That would be nice in a team shooter. Um, there, yeah, I, would, feels- I would argue, for instance, the smoke is a support ability. Uh, well, I love seeing a, a dude jump on another dude's Titan and then just running over and smoking him for the other dude. Uh, I think there is some of that. There's a shield that one Titan can drop that multiple Titans can hide behind. Yeah. You know, it's not your traditional uh, healing support, for instance. That but thing I thing is irritating, too. It's irritating, but I feel robs some... So even though they're not sold that way, some of the powers work that way. Um, but you could just blast your buddy and have the same effect if, as opposed to running over and smoking. So just blast whatever's on his never back. Pick off a dude from another Titan. I'm too. I'm not good. <laughs> good at it. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, though. It's definitely not. They, they could have played with it a lot more. But as and and maybe this is part of it. As a guy who really kind of likes certain board game designs which have more discrete systems and pieces that you can see more clearly how they work together rather than a kind of a mathy variable design i really prefer the approach in in, in titanfall um to rather than like call of duty or something that would get way crazier with uh with the sci-fi stuff i mean you're right that there's uh, a missed I don't know about. Oh, you're right, Rob, to call it a missed opportunity. But I'm not sure that it would necessarily. It, it's a. It's definitely a design choice, and not necessarily a missed opportunity. I don't know. I don't. I. I guess what I want to say is I, I understand your point, but I kind of disagree with it, and I'm glad they made the choices that they did. Like. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's, I don't feel Titanfall at all is a bad game. But what I'm thinking, what this is showing, and why I'm also kind of saying maybe they played it safe, is I think now that all these other ideas are proven and they can fine-tune them, I'm anticipating that Titanfall 2 will just be so much <laughs> more fleshed out in a lot of these ways. <laughs> so, uh, where you don't necessarily need to have, you know, three different you know assault rifles or something, and, and it's not necessarily going crazy wacky, but I mean... There's certainly lots of room to play where you could have a very tight-knit but expanded set of options in your in your toolkit. Uh-huh. Um, where I can really see, I really see the sequel as being a big deal. Uh, one thing that I'm happy to not have in the customization, I'm happy to not get killed by someone and then have his tag put in my face with a with a pot yes. or, or a <laughs> or you know, I apologize, all right? I don't know how many times I have to. I apologize. Oh, uh, but what about what the What I was surprised to not see mm-hmm. is, uh, like, unlockable or, you, you know... Yeah. Some kind of customizations for the Titans. Yeah, sell. We'll sell you hot pink. You know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Whatever bacon skins. <laughs> I, I was really surprised not to see that. I, I don't know if I miss it or not, but I just feel like, wow, they didn't go there, huh? Okay. I wouldn't be surprised don't if taunt them. Yeah, they, that might be other way. <laughs> I, I'm Here's that that as well because you, you you know. You, and you want to make uh, even more so, perhaps, than your, your avatar as a pilot. You want to make the Titan your own. You want to color your mechs. You want to put stickers on them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little surprised that there wasn't some sort of uh, microtransaction element to the burn cards. 
I, I could have very much seen it's like here buy a, a pack of you know these kinds of burn cards or something like that. Yeah, if you uh, the Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare EA will meet all your needs for buying packs of cards. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Although again, to be fair to Plants vs Zombies, they're not selling that stuff. I mean, I feel like EA is really. Uh, they've they've tested that as far as it can go, and they're kind of backing off from this whole idea of nickel and diming people. And I'm glad to see that that's not a part of Titanfall at all. Uh, who knows? Maybe that'll change. Um, uh, finally, I, I do want to talk about the uh, aesthetics of it, like how it looks. One of the key things that makes Titanfall work, one of the really smart decisions they made, there have been other people, and there are plenty of these on the market now that you can play, that let you get in a mech and stomp around and fight other mechs. And that's fine. In those cases, a lot of times the mech is just a stand-in for your own avatar. You're basically playing a shooter, but hey, instead of a dude, you're a mech. One of the things that I feel is so smart in Titanfall and I didn't appreciate or realize when I saw some of the early press about this um, is the power of showing you the mech from the outside and the inside. Yeah. I, I love watching these things fight. And, and what it does is it gives you an appreciation. You know, that, that holy shit moment that you get wouldn't be the same if you were only inside the mech. You know, it's from the outside when you see it coming around the corner, you see how big it is, you see how much taller than you it is, that you really appreciate it. If you were just inside of it the entire time, it wouldn't be that impressive. Uh, and I feel that's so key to this, is giving people a turn inside and outside of the, the Titan, letting you see the animation from the outside. Uh, I love how uh, Harryhausen it looks. You know, the, the way the Titans look like King Kongs, and that, that dragon map, by the way, you know, those flapping dragons, and there's a crazy map with these huge, long-legged brontosaurus things. Um, there's just some really imaginative stuff going on, and at the heart of it, is the animation of these titans. Uh, and, and, and another thing, by the way, that it does, if you're not driving your titan, it doesn't just sit there and wait for you. I love the fact that it's like a pet. That it, is awesome. It is an awesome choice. <laughs> it's one of, it reminds me of Dog in Half-Life 2. And yeah. one of the real sad things about us not having Half-Life 3 is that I really wanted to play with Dog some more. You know, I really liked having him as a sidekick. And there's that whole Iron Giant element, you know, that's everybody's fantasy as a little boy is to have a giant robot as your pet. And, and Titanfall really plugs into that. If you call your Titan down, you don't feel like driving it because you're enjoying the on-foot stuff. And that's the case that I find myself in a lot. Is, you know what? I get my Titan. That's great. But I'm having a great time with this shotgun. Just call the Titan and have it tag along with you like a, like a pet. You know, uh, like, uh, here's the one thing uh, that I'll say about the game. Attrition is hands down my favorite mode. And I yeah. kind of don't like the capture and hold mode. Oh, McMaster, you would, wouldn't you? (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Yes, why? Um, Because there's only six players, it makes the... I don't know, it just seems like you're chasing your tail the entire time, and it kind of drives me nuts. I kind of prefer the hold and protect kind of thing, but I will say that maybe with the mechs using the guard... That would be pretty cool. So I don't know. Maybe I need to play it more. But yeah, I, f- I feel bad when I tell my Titan to guard a lot because then I'll get a message. Oh, your Titan's in combat, and I feel like I'm I'm abandoning him. Like I'm like, leaving. No, I gotta get back. Right. Like, sorry, buddy. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> no, I love That's it. Actually, I let him go, and then like you know, I'll spawn or whatever, and it'll say deployed down on my Titan. I'll be like, I'll be damned, still alive. 
Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's one of the places where I am also a little bit... I mean, I get what they did with the grunts and the specters and stuff, but I was a little disappointed that, whatever, the power of the cloud or whatever didn't help the AI for the Titans, because I feel like, gameplay-wise, there's a lot of good reasons to get out of the Titan. And in fact, you can really lose in a hurry if you refuse to get out of your Titans. Uh, but at the same time, it feels like when I get out, it's just... A, a dumb bullet sponge that isn't going to do... I mean, I don't want it to be, like, crazy aimbot or anything, but I feel like all it is is it's just this bullet sponge that's going to distract a pilot, and I kind of feel like I'm leaving, you know, my it, keys in the car <laughs> in, a, in a really not-so-nice neighborhood or something. The, isn't that... Go ahead, Master. The only problem I have with leaving mine, uh, it, it isn't the, the combat, because for some reason mine just kicks the hell out of everything. But, like... It's so easy to jump on an auto titan, rip off that panel, and blow it up because mm-hmm. it doesn't take uh, evasive action against you. Yeah. And, and it, it seems like a balancing issue. Like they can't have it do too well. It's the same with the grunts. Is I'd, I've been killed once, I think, by a grunt, and it was probably the most humiliating experience <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I got killed by a specter, but not a. I don't think a grunt. Uh, that's what I meant. I mean, I got killed by a specter. Never a grunt. Please, my yeah. master. What do you think? Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I think it's really a tuning issue. Is You can't have them do s- too well, and then it takes away from the player accomplishment. And I'm not trying to uh, excuse what they're doing. I mean, they could have easily made them more efficient, the AI for the Titans and the, the grunts and the specters. But I think the whole point is that by not having it piloted by a human, it, it really can't be that good. And you, you say bullet sponge, Rob, and I agree, but where it really works for me, and there have been count, there have been many situations where I've seen this in action, is I've got my Titan coming along helping me, and then I see another Titan, and I know that other Titan is going to focus on my Titan, yes. and it frees me up to use my anti-Titan weapon. Yeah. So, so in that case, it's an invaluable asset in it because i'm just a little tiny thing and that titan that's coming around the corner it's going to see my titan and focus on that and i know that uh so it frees me up to fight this titan and yeah it's a bullet sponge but because of the unit balance it's a very effective bullet sponge i guess um, yeah it's it's a lot like a say a warlock pet in in world of warcraft terms but still i think Unreal Tournament showed us that there could be a wide range of like crazy out of control ai and really useless AI, and I would have liked to see the, the Titans just bumped up just a little bit, so they were at least, you know, like, you didn't have to go, okay, that's one on, on, on auto mode, I'll just go over and kill it, or I'll just ignore it. McMaster, on the Xbox One, can you have a, your drive uh take control of your Titans? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, I actually uh, only played Forza 5 uh, when I was incredibly drunk or pilled up and uh, named my profile Tom Chick so that all those people would be racing against Tom Chick, crashing into walls and crying all the time. All right, now it's time for uh, this week's quarter to three listener oh. mail. Oh. Let's open up the mail here. Tom, Let's see. AKA got... Tom's passive aggressive, Jason. No, Andrew. no, this is actual mail. See, I'm opening this. Let's see. We're going to open it this up is here. The royalty check for Nido Two One. This is a, a power bill. No, no, no. This is not a power bill. This is a uh, an email from uh, Tim Dinwiddie. Oh. In uh, Nortonville, West Virginia, and he writes, "Dear Quarter to Three Podcast." What is the deal with McMaster? Signed, Tim. All right. 
Tim, thank you for that email or that, that regular mail. That <laughs> yeah, mail I was mail. actually going to ask you about that. So, do you did he email it and then print it and then put it in an envelope and then mail it to you, McMaster? There's a stamp right here. It is the. Uh, it is the. Is it from the internet? Does it have a picture <laughs> of the internet on it? McMaster, it's a happy this, unicorn stamp. Yeah, this is an actual stamp. Look, if if this how is much, an email, how much was that stamp for? Forty-two cents. Forty-eight cents. Oh, Tom! How much are stamps? Good Lord, McMaster! If this was an email, could I do this? Listen. What, Hear that? Slap well, your well, stomach. Well, well, well. I mean, like, what are you doing? Are you fo- are you following following somebody touching themselves? I'm not really sure what's going on there. If you want to send mail to the Quarter to Three podcast. <laughs> Send it to QT3 Podcast at... Actually, oh, yes? Uh, Tom. Yes. Tom, I, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was a little bit late, but when I was coming down here, I know I was a little late getting down to the studio, but I did pass by the communications department. Okay. And they, right. and they want... Well, and I also passed by the legal and PR department, and they're still looking for you, by the way. Um, but the communications department gave me a last, uh, also a letter, a listener letter. They oh, wanted good. to make sure good. Got one of these. Yes. What does it Do you want to read? I can... I'll just read this one since they gave it to me. So, yeah. anyway... Here's our little listener letter. Mm-hmm. It says, Dear QT3, now that Twitch is on Xbox One, I love to watch uh, game streams. I especially love it in McMaster's streams when he is singing during Titanfall matches. It also puts Pookums and Skittles into a howling good mood. Love the site, Myrtle from Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, see, McMaster. I know that McMaster uh, have you here for a very specific demographic, and that's it's awesome that they're responding. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vlad. I appreciate you dropping by the communications department because they're so down there on the you know they're in the basement, and when you go to the snack machine, you have to go by there. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you picked that up for us, Rob. It's not a problem. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's see. Titanfall. Rob would give it three stars out of five. Two. I'd give it either three. St- Stars, or I'd give it two smoky thumbs up. Harsh. Uh, I'm with Nick. I love this thing, McMaster. What's your final? Uh, where, where do you where do you come down on Titanfall overall? And keep in mind, McMaster, you're only speaking for the the Xbox One version. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I don't like to say this early on, but I, I'm also really fond of it. I mean, but I've only played since it's been released. What, like eight or nine hours, maybe. I don't know. McMaster, what are the prospects for the 360 version? Uh, I don't know, actually. I forgot. What is that? I well, it comes out in a... Is it a week? Is it two weeks later? Oh, I see. What is the 360? Ha, ha. I kind of feel like it would work okay on a 360. I think it would work great on a 360, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that it could mirror the standard or maybe a little bit above average uh, hardware that they were shooting for. Uh, and I think it'll look like you know an, a, a low-end, average computer, and I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm sure there's still tons of people on the 360. Right. So uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty good uh, for sales. Like, I, but I haven't looked at what Titanfall has done. Have they released anything? Has anything been said? What do you mean for sales? For sales? Uh, for no, oh, yeah. Usually there's like a oh, we sold more than you know all of the Transformers movies combined. <laughs> yeah. Like in the first weekend, you know they do that brag thing, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't heard. <laughs> I think they've said they beat the box office performance of 300: Rise of an Empire. 
Oh. Well, that's, not hard. that's not hard to do, though. <laughs> I don't know if they so, said that. So here's a fair question, and I say this as somebody that was fully prepared to buy uh, the Xbox One in order to play it on on Xbox One. If that's the direction that you know everybody kind of moved, but it does seem like PC really picked up the lion's share, maybe just because of the transitional elements of things. And I wonder what 360 will do. But I guess the question is: is certainly a few months ago, Titanfall was was essentially set up to be the massive system sh- seller that was going to shift the marketplace potentially. Did Titanfall, was it really an asset for Microsoft or did it kind of hurt them a little bit, it seems like? It seems like no, everyone's got a good reason to pick a different system or just you know pick a different avenue. I, I really... I, if it's surprising to me that it is so it's you know it's a pc game you know there it's not it's not a 360 it's not a halo situation uh and uh that can't have been a happy thing for microsoft yeah no i I honestly think that it'll do well for the xbox one uh i know a few people that you know when, when they offered the game with it and everything decided to go for it all right wait hold on a second yeah what's that yeah no here just yeah, give it to me. I'll take it. Yeah, uh, Bobby, give me another Uh-oh. coffee and make make sure to not put sugar in it this time. I can't stand that crap. All right, oh, thanks, Bobby. So All right, this just in from the mail room. Bobby Uh-oh. just came up from the mail room. We have another mail that just arrived. The postman apparently thought this was for the office next door. This is for us. Let's see. Let me open this here. We just have this last one. We want to make sure we get it on the podcast. All right. Dear quarter to three podcast, tell McMaster to stop playing on his baby console system and join the real men on their PCs. Signed, oh, look at this, Nick Searcy, Hollywood, California. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know what he didn't include in that is that real men have HDMI ports. <laughs> Nick, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate the. I just wanted to point the out the words. HDMI port. If it <laughs> works... <laughs> No one, no one knows what you're talking about, McMaster. But uh, you do. That's all. My TV has, my TV does have a broken. It has a broken HDMI port. If it wasn't broken, I would make sure to have a, a PlayStation Four. Oh. Why, why don't you tell them how you found out you have a broken? It's because he's he's had a broken PS3 forever. Come on. Ah, exactly. Uh, how did I find out? What do you mean? Your friend lent you your Xbox One, and you're like, I'm yeah. gonna get to try it. That's right. I was I was supposed to like play uh, Dead Rising. Uh, I was like, wah wah. That's right. Laugh at my misfortune, Master. You're so mean. No wonder Nick Cersei hates you. <sighs> I think it's because I'm fat, mostly. <laughs> he calls everyone that, McMaster. Yeah, you know he's still doing it. Oh, is that still going on? Yeah, like I didn't know, but uh, somebody got blasted by him the other day on my friends list. Well, I'm glad he's taken the time out to write us actual snail mails on paper. This is handwritten, by the way. It's on a legal pad. Wow. Legal yeah. uh, I mean, it's a level of care you don't see anymore, right? Exactly. That's and true. now, by the way, what that means is I now have Nick Cersei's autograph. So I'll be eBaying this later on, and I could make maybe twos of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Upwards <laughs> of three dollars. <laughs> All right, so that is our uh, Titanfall podcast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Next week we'll be doing – you know what? I don't know what we'll be doing next week. Uh, tune in then and find out. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by uh, Nick Diamond, Rob Harvey, and Jason McMaster. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, enjoy some Titanfall, and we'll see everyone here next week. Good night.
He's a black belt in karate. <laughs> oh, Myrtle is so happy. <laughs> Working for the city. Right, Most here, who comes in Skittles from here?